This episode is brought to you by the Italian Wine Academy, teaching WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English, right here in Verona, the home of the Italian Wine Podcast. Want to become part of the international wine sector? Need a worldwide recognized certification? Don't know where to start? You can easily complete our courses while you enjoy the fun and excitement of Verona. Make your vacation good value for money by adding a wine certificate to your souvenirs. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. Here we are in Argentina, a country that presents unique climate and growing conditions for viticulture. Perhaps the most notable factor that contributes to Argentina's unique growing conditions is its altitude. In fact, Argentina has some of the highest vineyards in the world. This is important to keep in mind because high-altitude vineyards are very important to counteract Argentina's other dominant climate feature, its low latitude. There are vineyards planted as close to the equator as 24 degrees latitude. That's even further north than Chile's Coquimbo region. Being so close to the equator means that sunlight is intense, not to mention the very warm temperatures. So we have three main factors of Argentina grape growing so far. High altitude, low altitude, or more simply put, close to the equator. And lastly, we have intense sunlight that gives us warm temperatures. We'll talk about how all this might affect the grapes later in the section about Salta. Let's look at more details about Argentina's climate. Growing conditions here are very dry. This is because the Andes mountain range creates a rain shadow effect. This means that dry winds come down the eastern side of the Andes mountains and into Argentina's viticultural areas that are tucked right into the mountains. These winds can be very warm and harsh, but the advantage to growers is less pressure of rot and disease and lots of opportunity for growing grapes organically. Those are some positive aspects of the dry climate in Argentina. Of course, additional water is needed to grow grapes, so growers have to use a traditional system of irrigation. They use runoff water from the Andes as their source of water. This has traditionally meant having channels dug between vineyard rows so that the runoff water can be guided through the vineyard sites. This method of flood irrigation is still in use today, but more recently, growers have installed drip irrigation hoses above the roots to irrigate the vines. An advantage of drip irrigation is that it uses water efficiently, but some who use the traditional system of flood irrigation say that this system waters vines more deeply and causes the vine roots to penetrate deeper into the soil. 
There is a traditional training method for grapevines as well. It is a pergola-type system called a paral. This training system drapes the leaf canopy across horizontally rather than upwards into the air. The thinking behind this paral training system was to shade the bunches of grapes that hung below the canopy and therefore protect them from the intense sunshine. However, the more modern systems of training grapes vertically is becoming more common. Growers still try to shade the bunches, though, by allowing the leaves to surround the fruit. Although growing conditions are generally dry, hail is a common threat to crops, especially in Mendoza. There are two main strategies used in response to this common threat of hail. First, growers acquire vineyard plots that are spread out across a large area so that if a hailstorm damages fruit in one area, the fruit remains undamaged, hopefully, in other areas. This is much like taking out an insurance policy, one that hopefully pays off in most years. Another strategy is to use expensive netting to cover the rows of grapes and then keep the hailstones, that are sometimes as big as golf balls, off of the grapes. So let's talk about the grape varieties grown here. Of course, Malbec is the flagship grape of Argentina. There are variations in style for Malbec here, but generally speaking, it is well known for its deep color, full body, black-blue fruit profile, and its velvety tannins. A counterpoint to this common style are the more elegant wines produced from higher altitude vineyards. Bonarda is the second most planted black grape here. This is not the same as any of the Bonardas from Italy. It has recently been discovered that it is hailed from France. And just like Malbec, it has developed its own unique expression here in Argentina. There are easy drinking styles and more structured and concentrated versions also. Cabernet Sauvignon is the third most planted black variety, followed by Syrah, Tempranillo, and Merlot. With white grape production, Tarantas is well known for its intense aromas of florals and fruit. This is the flagship white grape for Argentina. Quality Chardonnay is also produced, and a variety of styles can be found. The grape called Pedro Jimenez is widely grown for basic table wines that are consumed locally. Yes, this sounds like Pedro Jimenez, but it is not the same. Thank you for listening to Italian Wine Podcast. We know there are many of you listening out there, so we just want to interrupt for a small ask. Italian Wine Podcast is in the running for an award, the best podcast listening platform through the Podcast Awards, the People's Choice. Listener nominations is from July 1st to the 31st, and we would really appreciate your vote. We are hoping our listeners will come through for us. So if you have a second and could do this small thing for us, just head to italianwinepodcast.com from July 1st to the 31st and click the link. We thank you and back to the show. So let's move to the map showing the three main regions of Argentina. We can see that Argentina also uses a GI system, which basically refers to where the grapes come from. So this GI system outlines the provinces and then gets into more specific areas called departments. In the spectacular northern region, Salta is the most prominent wine-producing province. As we mentioned already, vineyards are located quite close to the equator, even beyond 24 degrees latitude. This extreme location is offset by extremely high vineyards, from 1,500 meters to 3,000 meters above sea level. One of the vineyards is perched at 3,300 meters and claims to be the highest vineyard in the world. Toronto's production is successful here, especially in the Cafaixate Valley. And for black varieties, 
Malbec is the dominant grape here with more floral aromas from the altitude, but also more body and alcohol from its northerly location. Moving south, La Rioja is the next province to look at. Most of the production here is focused on the Famatina Valley, churning out inexpensive high-volume bottlings of Torrantes, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Malbec. The name La Rioja can be confused with the Rioja region of Spain, so wines here are exported with the name Famatina on the label. The San Juan province has the second highest wine production in Argentina, but it is still less than a third of what is produced in Mendoza each year. San Juan was known for inexpensive wine production, but is now becoming known for its quality Syrah bottlings. Now we move into Mendoza, which accounts for two-thirds of all wine production in Argentina. The main vineyard area is situated in the Mendoza River Valley area, where the river supplies water for essential irrigation. This is where large production takes place. But vineyards are increasingly found in higher areas and even into the Andes foothills. As we can imagine, the closer the vineyard sites are to the Andes, the higher they will be. Within Mendoza, the Luján de Cujo department is around a thousand meters in altitude and has significant plantings of old vine Malbec. Next, we have the Maipú department. It is slightly east of Mendoza, so we are moving further away from the Andes Mountains. Vineyard sites get lower in altitude the further east we go. So it is in the eastern Maipú vineyard sites that we can get intensely fruity Malbec with higher alcohol. But Maipú also has higher quality bottlings in the higher sites nearer its western edge. Now we move to the Uco Valley, an area tucked in closer to the Andes. And as we remember, the closer we are to the Andes, the higher the altitude will be. So following that logic, here in the Uco Valley, we have the highest vineyards in the Mendoza province. Producers are keen to capitalize on altitude here, because the higher the vineyard site, the cooler the temperatures are at night. Wines from higher plantings in the Uco Valley can present with more elegance and even floral notes. Let's move now into southern Mendoza. And as we move south, we can also note that we are moving further away from the warm equator and towards the cool south of, the, of Argentina. So in southern Mendoza, we have the San Rafael. This department is lower in altitude, around 450 to 850 meters above sea level. But San Rafael benefits from slightly cooler temperatures due to its southerly location, as we just mentioned. The typical reds of Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Bernarda are made here. But in the white category, Chenin is the signature grape here. Now let's move to the region of Patagonia. There are a few factors that make this region unique to the rest of Argentina. Firstly, vineyards are planted further east than the rest of the country. And as mentioned before, the further we are away from the Andes, the lower we get in altitude. This puts vineyards in Patagonia at about 200 meters above sea level. This would be considered a low altitude in such a warm country. However, being this far south means that temperatures here are actually relatively low. Vineyards in Patagonia are also subject to a strong desert wind, which we mentioned earlier. But a benefit of this wind is that it helps to prevent disease. But growers often plant rows of trees to act as wind barriers to dampen the force of the wind. The region of Patagonia is capable of high-quality wine production, with premium wines coming from the Rio Negro province. And unique to Argentina, this is also the source of some quality Pinot Noir production. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Italian Wine Academy, offering WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education right here in the heart of Verona. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Ching ching! I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.